0: This is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolfe, an Aussie escort and total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode 14. When it comes to online dating, lots of us are doing it, but we're not always talking about it. Join me for a chat with Idan from Unmatch Me Now, a guy with a knack for persuading people to share their most awkward online dating experiences. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is adults only. And with that said, let's get into it. Hi, this is Georgie here. I'm a writer, sexual adventurer and independent escort from Melbourne, Australia. My mission is to talk honestly about all the stuff you need to know to have a great hookup. And by that, I mean finding the people that are right for you, negotiating amazing sex and walking away feeling good about yourself. Ever since I started messing around with online dating a few years ago, I've been really curious about what other people are getting up to on dating apps and how my experience compares to theirs. But it's not always something we talk about, especially when shit isn't going well. So I'm super excited to be able to talk with Adan in this episode. He produces a podcast called Unmatch Me Now in which he convinces people from all walks of life to share their weird, awkward and incredible dating stories. Join us for a chat about how to get those conversations started and what happens when we do. So, hey, um, Hey. like, thanks heaps for coming all the way from Berlin.
1: You're welcome. To talk
0: on the podcast.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's not, granted, not the the reason I came all the way down here. Yeah. Totally bust my bubble. (laughs) Anyway.
0: um, But thanks anyway. It's really cool to talk to you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and like how you got started? With this whole uh like online dating podcast kind of stuff
1: yeah uh well okay so i'm from israel uh, tel aviv uh born and raised and i moved to berlin about four years ago where i am uh, habitating right now habitating yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good verb (laughs) yeah
1: that's why i like english you can kind of uh just say whatever really um and and you weren't
0: you weren't using online dating too much in um israel but you sort of started once you moved to Berlin? Is that well, how? Well,
1: it... I started, I actually started, I started with OkCupid in Israel, which was the, actually the only thing at a time we had. Uh, probably we had like some obscure websites, but uh, you know, like one of the old things.
0: Like back in the day when there weren't dating apps, they were yeah, there were like just dating, dating websites. websites. Yeah. And you had to actually log on and check your messages. Yeah, but it was just
1: mainly for older people a lot of times in Israel. Uh, so it was like maybe 40, 50 plus. Oh Yeah, so OkieCupid was like the new thing at the time, like about 10 years ago.
0: It was pretty cool when it first came out. Like, I remember the algorithms were really great. Yeah. And I answered all these questions, and then it paired me up with all my closest friends, which meant it was doing the right thing, I guess, right?
1: I I don't really feel the same about OkieCupid. Didn't work out? Um, OkieCupid for me is just a lot of weird, random people uh, that really (laughs) like to write about themselves a lot.
0: Like really long profiles, Yeah, and they
1: really expect you to read all of that. And and then if you don't, they're not going to answer you. So in Israel, I mean, it's it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of um, very, would you say, I would say patriarchal and like very macho culture. Mm-hmm. So it's very oriented around, um, you know, relationships, like there's no so much hookup culture um
0: everyone's looking for a, like a long-term relationship
1: yeah and it's not even that i mean they would there would be actually people that looking for marriage in that sense it's not just like you know like and they'd say that right up yeah, front. yeah they like would say i'm that looking
0: right for the person i want to marry yeah and a lot of no time pressure.
1: you will get a uh, question like what kind of job do you do like how much do you earn you know like things like that it's so you're like,
0: getting assessed for your your suitability as mm-hmm. a
1: yeah, yeah. Oh. if you want children or not it's oh not even God. on a date that's on the chat you know it's <laughs> just an interview yeah exactly yeah um, what's your aspirations in life I got that a few times
0: I mean I like that yeah. question but I like it because it gives you a clue about someone's personality and so you can work out whether they're yeah. know, worthy or not
1: but that comes the, I mean, the tonality that comes with this question is a lot of the times more like are you going to be a successful man or not? Are you no. going to be a
0: provider for all our many babies? Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh. Yeah. So there's a lot of that culture uh, in Israel. I mean, I assume... I've, I haven't been there for a years. So I assume it changed slightly. also depends where you go. But... for um, time, too. Yeah. I mean, Tel Aviv is progressing slowly behind uh Europe, but it's still progressing. And and of course we we have like a lot of uh LGBTQ uh I uh culture there and like pubs and bars and actually it's a, it's a heaven for, for gay men. Um so there's a lot of different
0: uh it depends who you're hanging out with, right? Yeah. And but...
1: if you're staying in Tel Aviv you'll you'll be alright, you'll find the, the people that you're looking for. It's a smaller pool than a lot of other places not always a good um, thing
0: if you're hooking up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: um, but you can definitely find that. But it, generally speaking, Israel dating scene is oriented towards relationship. And even when you're like really young, like 19, 20, 21, they were, like most of the women there were not, like a hookup is a, is a bad word, you know, like it's not something they will do. Like, And they really treat themselves like prizes a lot of the time. Like, you know, a lot of the time when I texted, uh, I think the last time, uh i texted with the israeli girl in in, in, in tel aviv mm-hmm. about like on Tinder. i was there for like you know visiting family and stuff so i just talked to her about you know like we had a few uh, chat and then i uh, was like Do you want to go for a drink and she was like listen i'm not gonna sleep with you i'm not gonna be your prize and like i don't even know you i don't know if i want to stick with you why would you like why do you assume you're such a prize as well like i mean it's it's a you know it takes to the tango so
0: she's like super focused on like you know i'm i'm you know i'm a, I'm a cat i'm someone's wife and yeah you're going to treat yeah. me like that straight off and you know treating people really well is super important right yeah. but it sounds like this has all got a very specific end goal in mind yeah right? exactly and yeah. It's, it's
1: not even that they, they treat like sex for them is like you know it's kind of like that narrative that you have that sex with women is a prize that men get if they behave and, and this is like, a problem right because yeah. it
0: means that dudes feel like they need to somehow like wrangle sex out of women and that's that's a shitty situation yeah. to be so in, right?
1: a lot of the times you will have dudes just like dating or saying like yeah i'm into like serious dating and then just like wait until they have sex so with they can get laid that's it
0: yeah. yeah and people do that here too um and it sucks but at least there's the chance here to go, actually, I'm just looking to hook up or actually I'm just looking for a fuck buddy, whereas it sounds like that would not fly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. is this kind of like why you exited?
1: Part of it, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a lot about um, liberal approaches to things, I would say. For me, it's been... Like also being to Berlin as a tourist really opened my mind. And uh, before that, I used to work in a hostel and in a hotel. So like talking to... Europeans uh, about the lifestyle they lead. It's how such things a, could be different. Yeah, it's like you can live your life in so many different ways, and you can like be a single, and you cannot get, you can just not get married and so not have like, kids. Oh my you know? god! That yeah. these
0: guys are just doing this completely differently. Exactly. I want to yeah. give that a go. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: I wouldn't. It's not really. I want to give it a go. I just like the fact that nobody judges you for that right you know there's yeah. no pressure there's no like oh you're 30 uh, you have to have children now you know
0: and it does give you more freedom because even when we say that we're rebels and we're doing our own thing what the people around us think does actually affect us yeah and like our friends opinions and our family's opinion that does affect us so yeah. like it yeah if, if they're more tolerant it's much easier to get out and do the stuff we want to do yeah.
1: Also, if they're far away, back in Israel, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Or if your family's in another state, yeah. that makes some
0: things a lot easier, right? Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, hmm. yeah, I mean, it was partially that. Um, it was partially just like in Berlin and uh, and the culture and the fact. I mean, I usually tell people. Just in Berlin, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can play a trumpet out of your ass. You'll find people that want to watch it. You know, (laughs) it's just whatever it is you want to do. And we
0: were talking about the kink scene and the swinging scene before we hit record on this, and like that it's there's a really super big scene and it's very diverse and yeah, yeah, Yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm totally jealous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should you should visit. Yeah, so uh, I moved there, and uh, in general, I'm a UX designer, and... um,
0: And UX, just for people who aren't familiar, is... um, What does that sound for?
1: User experience. That's it. Yeah. So I basically design products. Uh, They they tend to be digital products, but um, they don't have to, actually. Um, And this
0: is relevant, because you're actually um part of a sex tech startup right yeah so and i don't know what that is because i've deliberately avoided asking
1: yeah, that's true <laughs> until
0: i had the chance to record because yeah. i'm just to keep the suspense there so yeah. like what what is it what do you do
1: um so i'm co founding a sex sex tech startup called pop dot and uh we are making um ai vibrator as an artificial intelligence now it sounds kind of scary uh when you say ai to people because like
0: you know, vibrators taking over the world. You know? Yeah,
1: and also AI kind of sound like something that have, like, intelligence as in, like, a personality and it can speak and it's, like, a yeah. whole being. But mm-hmm. uh, by AI, it basically mean machine learning, which is... Um, Oh,
0: yeah. How do you design a machine learning vibrator? Like, obviously, don't share anything that you can't. Like yeah. IP uh, and so stuff. So, I have to keep
1: like some things concealed. But, yeah, that uh, sounds fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it actually is for me, and that's why I started the, the whole thing. But um, to the basics of it, we have a vibrator that learns and syncs with your body. Uh, it works with sensors and it's all based on science. And the science is out there. If anyone ever read the Height Report um, about... It's like the main orgasm research they've done in the 70s and have been replicated for the last few centuries. So, so
0: it kind of it picks up on your biofeedback type stuff? Or yeah, it's, it's biofeedback.
1: It. Yeah.
0: Oh my God, that is so fucking cool. Yeah. So this is a biofeedback vibrator.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, the name for the startup right now is PopDot awesome uh, we're very minimum this. presence online so mm-hmm. uh, we have a website it's pop and if you want to reach out you're welcome uh, if you have any questions uh, but we are we can't I can't say too much unfortunately of
0: course about the uh, actual technology because yeah. you're still working on this yeah exactly I'm so glad that I saved Ask, asking you about this until we were actually recording because, oh my god, that was such a good reveal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought
0: you. you were gonna say you were starting up a new porn hub or something. Nah, like, you know, nah, nah. Yeah, that would have yeah. been boring. This is great.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we are really um, keen on um, working a lot, of, a lot of uh, expanding the research on sexual health and orgasms in general, which is also part of our mission. So you'd be super familiar with, like, the orgasm gap and that sort of stuff,
0: like Mm -hmm. the fact that women don't get off as often as guys do. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Pretty familiar with the statistics and, um, yeah, I mean, I've uh, also, as a user researcher, uh, as we say, a UX researcher, I've uh, had to do uh, all the concept development, so I actually talked to about a hundred women about their um, vibrator or sex toy experience. Or the lack of, uh, sometimes. Yeah, like what's um, not working. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's really fascinating to discover a lot of things, like very minor things. For example, uh, color in sex toys, uh, very, very oriented toward what men think that women like.
0: This used to really piss me off. Like, if I go to buy a vibrator, I don't want something pink. Yeah. Thanks yeah. very much.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like,
0: just no. And it's, sometimes it's really hard because all the ones that are really well designed in the high-end stuff mm-hmm. are all in, like, beautiful girly shades of pink and pastel exactly, and shit yeah. and that is not my shit it's like, yeah. each their own but it's not me yeah. so yeah it's frustrating right
1: yeah it's i mean the frustration is definitely out there and we were really kind of surprised to discover that the from the testing we've done black and purple scored the highest yep in the color scheme totally um and there was also some some votes for gold which was kind of interesting
0: that is like that's a whole lifestyle thing yeah. right? yeah <laughs> Yeah. You want your vibrator to match your shoes and your handbag, yeah. maybe.
1: Yeah, And uh, we had all this kind of hypothesis uh, from me and my co-founders, you know, like we all kind of have like our perceptions of what our customers or what our users will actually like and about the shapes, you know, and there was like the whole thing about is folic shapes actually intimidating or not. And we discovered that it's actually desired to have a folic shape because it's something... That, creates more biological familiarity associations at least for
0: hetero people you want to see something that's vaguely dick shaped exactly maybe without the veins on it like do you remember those really old school dildos the veined ones yeah in the flesh color
1: some of them are really extreme veins as well like not really really realistic yeah 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 Yeah.
0: it's just over exaggerated penis exactly yeah Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it anyway you know i
1: mean it looks like it's about to explode but Yep, and so again, yeah. maybe that's, that's,
0: that could be appealing. I guess it just depends what you're yeah. into. But yeah, no, I never wanted a veiny one. I always wanted one that looked like some sort of weird art object because I'm a total like art wanker. Yeah. So yeah, preferably black or white or something minimalist. Yeah, white also is because, a good thing. But white is know.
1: problematic because they tend to go gray after a while.
0: Yeah. And it's not a good look.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, for example, I don't know if uh, from the research we did, especially from the early twenties, um, uh, You know the people that usually get their vibrators as a gift, um, or like they they buy the first one, they buy the cheapest one, like the thirty bucks one. Yeah, entry level. Entry level. But the cheap
0: cheapo like plastic rubber one or whatever. Yeah, and they
1: tend to a lot of the more common ones are the ones that are just like a you know just like a dildo shape or like a stick kind of thing, Mm -hmm. and they vibrate. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like as as a as a guy, it never occurred to me that women. Uh, at least some women, or the majority of the women I've talked to, don't want to have vibrating no. stuff inside. No, because it's at the
0: wrong spot. <laughs> yeah, and this is and super it makes weird. no sense
1: when you think about it, right?
0: right? And all those old school, like yeah, like the the bullet long bullet shaped sort of vibe thing i'm like what yeah but you're not you're missing the point and then they invented the rabbit right which had the clitoral stimulator Mm -hmm. on the top and finally someone had caught on to the fact that the vibrating needs to be in a completely different spot exactly but it's super weird that for so many years no one caught on to the fact that maybe that vibrating was completely
1: useless i think they just don't care because they keep selling them and they keep, you know, like... They, it, it's usually just like some, you know, Chinese companies may manufacture them. They don't really give a fuck about the users in that sense. And if that's all sells. that's
0: available, that's all people will buy. But now that we have this awesome diversity, there's room to yeah. do some cool shit, which is, is clearly some, what you're doing.
1: Yeah. I and mean, there's some crazy sex toys out there as well. Like, out, like really good stuff. Like, I think that when you incorporate, like, the design thinking into that now... And taking into account, like, what the user needs Actually are. wants and taking it yeah. super
0: seriously. Yeah. Actually investigating, which is kind of interesting because I thought I'd be quizzing you about talking to people about sex and dating on your podcast, which you've done a lot of. Yeah. But also it appears you've interviewed women about their sex toys as I, well. Yeah, I do, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I didn't even know where to start around this. Like, uh, I guess, like, what made you so interested in this whole area in the first place? Like, It's a
1: good question. Hmm. I would say that, like you, I'm also a sexual adventurer uh, of some sorts. But I also tend to kind of be interested in the things that are a little bit outside of the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like, I like ideas that kind of move things forward, but also talk about things that are a little bit... Things that are not so uh, commonly easy to talk about. You know, like, it's kind of like... It's in the outskirts of things and it's more of a personal thing, but everybody's doing it.
0: And sex is yeah. definitely one of those things that everyone is doing yeah. but very few people are talking honestly exactly. about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really cool and interesting area to investigate because yeah, you're gonna turn up some interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So I feel like it's it's something that we're all kind of doing, whether it's online dating as in tendering or whatever or uh, using sex toys or having sex or I mean sex is of course not for everybody and there's different sex toys and not all sex toys uh, are, like the answer to everyone's needs everyone's into different stuff exactly some
0: people aren't actually into sex and they're into other ways yeah. of connecting and that's all cool too but it's all yeah. about discovering that diversity and what people are into yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's a
1: lot of uh, pleasure oriented things and a lot of communication and chemistry and making new connections it's all those things that I find like that we are all doing like almost unanimously and nobody's really talking about this openly
0: sometimes not even thinking about it like i reckon a lot of this stuff we just do and we don't think too hard about why we do the things we do but there's always some really interesting reasons for the Mm -hmm. kinks we're into or the stuff we do or the even the ways we fucked up are usually because of particular beliefs or behaviors that we do without thinking about it once you do start looking at it it's a bit interesting
1: yeah i mean i'm a big advocate of learning from fuck-ups um and uh i mean one of the one of the reasons I started a podcast to begin with was attending a fuck-up night uh, in like a tech conference. A fuck-up night is like a thing that happens. I've heard of this. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, so, so tech
0: people get together.
1: Yeah, so I went to this one in Copenhagen conference uh, in Denmark and um, they had like a fuck-up night for women. So like all these kind of women uh, that did like some, like it was a lot of CEOs and like stuff like that. Talking so
0: they, about their mistakes. Yeah,
1: but how they fucked up. And how they handle it. And what did they learn from it.
0: Oh, so great.
1: Yeah. So, it was really nice. And it kind of made me... Uh, I mean, I was into those things before. But it kind of made me think, okay, there's a format here. And it's actually something people are like.
0: And it's useful. Like, it helps people to hear other people's experiences. Yeah.
1: And it's really uh, bonding people to talk about how they fucked up. Like, it's much... I think a lot of times... I think there's some polarization here. But... It's also bonding to talk about the great, amazing times, and I do attend a lot of the times. Uh, I don't know if you guys have that here. Like we have uh, in Berlin, a Smut Have you ever been to a Smut Slam? No, but it sounds great. It's, What's it's a Smut Slam? You have it here, I think, every few months. Um, smut Slam is basically an event where people come and you can put your name in a hat, and if you get picked, you tell your story, and it can be. Oh any my god, story. that is so fucking cool! It's amazing. I need
0: to. I need to attend this.
1: Yeah, and then you can. You, it, it could be any kind of story, like a good or a bad or whatever, but it's very particularly ruled about um, there's no shaming, there's no, you know, all the all It's the just things. your
0: chance to be heard. Yeah. This is around that whole thing, like, that there are no boring people, like, everyone has a story, right? Yeah. It's just giving them the chance to share it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the one in Berlin tends to be a lot of very positive stories, uh, actually more than uh, horrible stories, which is great. So you hear about about, you know, like people uh, having like this amazing nights that like just like things that went really went for, uh, well for them uh, all how they fulfilled their long desired kink or whatever, you know, all those kind of things and you know this Happy also ending stories yeah exactly in this case yeah yeah uh, it doesn't have to be but a lot of times it's like that and like what you call a humble brag you know um,
0: inspirational sort of life story stuff
1: yeah exactly yeah so i, I really kind of like I, I really think that those things kind of bond people and um you know even the nice stories like for example i don't have many people to tell about like how i had this amazing sex you know like last night because a lot of my friends if i'll tell them they'll be like oh why are you bragging and you know, i don't want to hear so, about
0: like this. question like what's the last amazing hookup experience yeah. that you had <laughs> come on i had yeah. to ask now you totally yeah, you, yeah, you totally true. left yourself wide open for that one
1: well i've been on vacation for three weeks so there was right? a bunch yeah but right? i think the most outstanding one was um uh, or i mean not to demote the other ones they're they're all unanimously very great but um The one that was a bit unusual for me was uh, I was in this Shibari bar in uh, somewhere in Japan. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. Yeah, it was it was really nice. And the girl that did like the performance, like the Shibari master. So she, you know, they do like a half an hour thing, and then like you sit in a like in Japan, there's no nakedness or anything. We should
0: clarify. You were in. Uh, japan before you came to australia so you spent a couple of weeks yeah. hanging out in like tokyo and and other um, places yeah. yeah yeah
1: and um in japan there's no it's not like uh when you go to like sex club or stuff like that um or shibari bars there's no nakedness it's no there's it not allowed to be any nud- nudity of any sorts and uh, it's mainly like very respectful you go, you see the show, and then you sit around with the, the... I mean, it's a mixture of girls and
0: guys a lot of times. We should probably clarify what shibari is, actually, for people who aren't familiar.
1: True, yeah. Do you,
0: do you feel like giving a quick definition, or should I?
1: Uh, it's basically Japanese bondage.
0: Rope bondage, right? Yeah, rope one. Like, yeah. arty rope bondage. Yeah,
1: a lot of people go to do shibari for the meditative uh, yeah.
0: aspects of it. And this, like, sort of spiritual, sort of... Yeah. It's very... It's, more, it's not just tying chicks up. Exactly, and it's yeah.
1: it's very oriented. Like it's kind of like uh karate in some way because they have like a kind of a, a master and they learn from them, and it, there's like a whole ceremony about it. And you know, it's like it's very uh unique in that. And they sense. take
0: it really seriously. It's very skilled. Yeah, sort of, like, yeah, and it's art form.
1: It it could be like you can't just go ahead and like start hanging people from the ceiling because it's actually you need really to know fucking what dangerous. Do. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So anyway, I was in this bar and. You know, one of the girls that did the show. She we sat and she showed me some things like with the ropes afterwards. Awesome. And um, uh, yeah, and she was like really keen on getting my Instagram for some reason. So I was like gave her my Instagram and we exchanged uh, you know accounts. And uh, then I went back to Tokyo and uh, she just texted me a few days afterwards like Hey, I'm gonna be in Tokyo." Uh, maybe you want to get a drink and I was like okay and I actually stayed in a room with a friend of mine because she didn't uh had a place to stay and I I told her like hey listen like I don't just just to kind of be sure on things you know like do you want to actually go and do things or yeah. you want to just get a is drink is this a play date or yeah. are we just
0: catching up exactly yeah. and then she's
1: like no no let, let's definitely do a thing so let's get a room
0: <laughs> yes, this is why pre-negotiation is so useful. Otherwise, just stuck yeah. in Tokyo without hotel room, and I've got a story about that. But finish oh, yours yeah. first. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I got a bad love hotel story.
1: Oh, I have. A, so this is a great love hotel right, story. Right, Give me the <laughs> give me the good one. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> so we went to this place called uh, Vibrator Bar or Vibe Bar in Tokyo, which is a, a apparently a bar that has about six hundred vibrators. Oh in my it. god! And. People go there. Like the owner uh, made it because uh, apparently in Japan uh, it's kind of a shy culture, so they're not so um, exposed to how vibrators are and how they work and what kind of variation there are. Less
0: educated, (laughs) (laughs) less educated.
1: So men alone cannot go there, only uh-huh. couples uh, or groups. Awesome. Um, so it has to be like with some uh, women in the group. Mm-hmm. And you go there, you, very nice uh, bartender, she explains about all the things. That's and, so cool. Uh, you get like a, you know, like a couple of free drinks in the entry price. and then... I thought you
0: were about to say you get a couple of free vibrators. And then I wish. You...
1: <laughs> I wish, yeah. Uh, th- she, you do get a couple of free condoms, so that's nice. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, you can borrow to your table about six condoms from any variety you want. Again, you
0: can... I thought you were going to say you can borrow a few varieties. <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't know if that's no. cool.
1: You actually, you cannot touch them with your hands. Yeah, you have, to right. have gloves.
0: It would be really... You wouldn't want that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and then you can ask her and she explains things. And it was really nice. So it reminds we went me there. of whiskey
0: bars they have in Melbourne where the, the, um, the people who work there are really knowledgeable about whiskey. But, like, how good would it be to go to a... A vibrator bar and have someone who just knew their shit about vibrators. Yeah. it's
1: like a sex shop in a bar. A
0: really good sex shop because yeah. not all of them are great, but some they have the people who yeah. just know. Yeah, and you can get all this amazing advice.
1: Yeah, and then they add the bar to it, which is a definitely a startup for any sex shop Listening right, right now
0: <laughs> to be able to have a couple of drinks. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. So we went there and it was very really nice, and uh, yeah, and then we were supposed to go to this. Um, uh, love hotel. I mean, I booked a hotel on booking.com and we went to the, the hotel. And she was like, Oh no, this is not, this is not good. We need Japanese tradition. So the entire thing was Google Translate. Oh, that's so cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> it Google this Google Translate. was a Google Translate day.
0: Yeah. So you went, so she didn't speak English.
1: She, she did a little bit. She started learning. So she, she understood some things, but then like the more complicated things. Like we talked about a lot of things. So, uh, it was like some feminism talk and like sex toy talk and like a lot of different things. And I asked her a lot because she works as a BDSM queen for like five years. which Oh is my intriguing. god, that's
0: so fucking cool.
1: Yeah. And she's like a shibari master. And, you know, like it's it's insane. Those like, are some
0: serious skills too. To be really skills. good at shibari. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um, yeah, so she dragged me through like some alleys. And then uh, we ended up going to this love hotel that apparently and she kept saying like this is japanese tradition <laughs> <was> like, uh, <laughs> this is where we all go yeah and it is right yeah and um it was the love hotel was pretty weird for me i would say because you have like this you go in i don't know which one you went to i don't know if they're all like this but you go in and you have like a wall with all the rooms in like this electronic board looks oh, from the 80s Oh
0: mine wasn't so high tech
1: no? <laughs> no And you have like pictures of the room and then you can select like, were which they one themed Theme uh, no rooms? it wasn't themed oh. it was just like different uh like luxuriousness of rooms so you choose the room and then you go to this counter and you don't see the face of the person so there's like no face it's Super like the, anonymous yeah and then you slide in the money and then you get the key Under and then the you, yeah and you go back to the room and then the room has like speakers inside and you can put like like, this cheesy music with a button.
0: Oh, my God. I'm totally getting FOMO. Mine was so shitty. It was the shittiest... I think I found the shittiest love hotel in Tokyo. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, this is great. So, you had, like, romantic music.
1: Yeah. And they, they, they give you, like, uh, condoms, although they were pretty shitty condoms. But they give you, like, the stuff and lube and, like... Uh, you know, like, all the things, like, soap, and, like, it was, like, this kind of, like, a, a weird bucket, kind of a shower thing. Like, you know, like, you can put a bucket and pour it on yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. This like, is
0: a this is a thing in Japan. Like, you have a little stool in the bucket. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, we, we had, like, a, a very nice time. Uh, although I have to say that, for me, culturally, <laughs> it was kind of, like, um, very weird, because she was maybe the second Japanese girl I hooked up with. And the we're talking about a person that, like, does a lot of weird things for a living, like sexual things. A lot of weird sexual things. Oh, in terms
0: things. of kink stuff. like yes. So she's totally all over the kink stuff.
1: All over the kink stuff. Yeah, yeah. The weirdest things for her was the way I kissed it was just mind-blowing because I used my tongue.
0: And she doesn't... She hadn't tongue kissed. That's no. super interesting. Yeah. So just something she'd never tried before?
1: Never happened before. And oh. she was, like, so into that. Was the most kinky? She said this is the most kinky thing for her. That's <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, and there you that go. was so weird for me because that's just the way I can. I mean, uh, granted, I'm I'm a pretty sloppy kisser. Yeah, I'm I'm sloppier but, than most. But
0: but tongue kissing at all? Like to to not tongue kiss because it's just pretty standard where i come from yeah like french Um, kissing you know yeah Uh, yeah that's that's super interesting yeah yeah it never occurred to me that that might not be a thing somewhere which is super short-sighted of me culturally yeah but i mean for me
1: neither right and then you know that's was she just insisted that we just keep on kissing for like uh that's so uh, cool because how good is kissing yeah like it
0: really sucks when people just want to skip straight to the actual piv stuff like kissing is great yeah so we ended up like
1: kissing for like I don't know, like almost an hour now. <laughs> it's so like awesome. So, it was so nice. And it's she like, was like super into it, like full body experience for her.
0: When do you ever get to do that except when you're a teenager and like, you know, your parents are home and you're in the other room or like when you're in public so you can't actually get on with someone? Like there's very few times where as an adult you actually just make out.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think for me it depends. Uh, like sometimes, you know, like there is – I don't know if it's, like, I don't know if it's a guy thing. I always kind of wonder. Because I have, like, I had, like, a few partners that were, like, into, like, no making out. Straight out sex, right? Straight, go straight in. That was, like, their fetish, you know? Like, just put me on the fucking table and just, like, fuck me straight out. Okay,
0: so there's a certain appeal, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but, I don't know, for me, a lot of times I kind of like to, um, you know, do, like, a little bit of a makeup session. You need to get into it. But there is some sort of an appeal, like something that's like I don't know if it's my kink or not, to kind of like just go straight into it, like it's maybe pati- not like it's a
0: very particular scene, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a particular scene.
1: Yeah, yeah. So well, sometimes it's like that uh, with the with the person that I know. Is the, into and it and you've
0: pre-negotiated. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But there's also something really annoying about like so. Have you heard of the sex escalator? <laughs> No. <laughs> I saw some friends of mine and I sort of made it up that the sex escalator is like this idea that we assume we do sex the same way every time. Mm. Like almost to a almost to a clock like you make out for 5 yeah. minutes then you like get their clothes off then you go down on them for 15 minutes then you have piv yeah. and it's like really boring because everyone PIV? knows what's going to happen oh penis in vagina oh <laughs> like intercourse. <laughs> yeah um so but like usually the kissing is just like oh you know we'll make out for a bit and then we'll move as quickly on as quickly as possible to the the important sex but that's sort of like it's sort of a bit of a downer like it'd be really nice to just Make out because we wanted to make out, mm-hmm. and for as long as we wanted to make out, instead of seeing it as just one more step like one more box we need to tick to get to the you know, the vag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, yeah, I can see the appeal of just skipping all those steps and going straight to the sex, or of just like making out for three hours, yeah, like doing something that's not expected yeah. rather than just following those standard steps. Yeah, know? right.
1: I mean, th- I think that's that's basically the thing that kind of uh bores me sometimes, you know, like uh, predictable maybe not sex, the predictability of it, yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of like to mix it up, but I'm also a big advocate of making out naked.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yep.
1: And yeah, this is and this is gonna be this will be conver- controversial. Ha <laughs> Standing up.
0: Oh, like just for no good reason other than you just prefer to stand up.
1: It, I think like it just kind of like puts you on, like on this edge a little bit, and also the physic physicalities of it kind of make you. It's kind of like. You never really make out naked standing with anyone. It's just a thing that you just don't usually do. And that's like kind of exciting in some way. Because you know?
0: you're in an unusual situation. The same yeah. as way as having sex on the kitchen table. Yeah, I'm actually pointing at my kitchen <laughs> that that's a Freudian slip. Um, you know, is different to it to in the bedroom because it's yeah. different, right? Yeah. And yeah. there's
1: something kind of nudist about it as well because it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah, you kind of being naked standing up. Not in a bed, in another place. But your
0: brain is going, oh my God, hang on, this this is not how it should go. And then your brain's paying attention. So this is good, yeah. right? Yeah. Anything that breaks the, the ex- expectation is good because it means that now you're actually in the moment and you're yeah. concentrating. Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: also there's the whole factor of like when you... Most of the time you, you make up, you're kind of standing up, you're about to go to bed, right? You're making out, you're kissing, all the stuff. And I don't know, that's how happens to me most of the time. I think the um, standard
0: script, right? Yeah. Yeah. But
1: then... What I like is to get really naked fast, and then all well, of them—not just me—I'm not in a CFNM kind of thing. CFNM, uh, closed female, naked male.
0: Oh my god! I didn't—I <laughs> had not heard that acronym before. <laughs> is that a thing?
1: It's a porn category. Holy um,
0: shit! I'm googling that.
1: You should. It's also a pretty good porn category. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I'm not—I'm not particularly into that too much. So I'm like. Let's get fully naked. And then instead of making out fully clothing in your jeans, like it's all rubbing like hard surfaces, you just have like warm bodies. You know, it's like, it's nicer. Ah, you know? Whereas
0: I'm the opposite. Like I have a total kink for having sex with your clothes on. Oh, really? Like, you know, when you're at a music festival
1: or something
0: and then you sneak mm. behind the stage or... It's like, like sneaky yeah, sex. Or whatever, but yeah. just trying to negotiate that while you've also got your clothes on is just like super sexy but again it's just about being in a different situation a different setting where your brain's going oh this is exciting this is a bit different yeah so it's like whatever yeah yeah whereas for you it sounds like more like a sensory thing
1: yeah yeah Yeah. a little bit yeah and i guess it's also like um it's like a perception it's a perception thing because you're perceiving yourself in an unusual situation I guess that's that's what I mean it's the same yeah. thing in both cases I guess but
0: it just depends what flavor you, you pick right yeah exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. super yeah. interesting I actually so I had an ex not the last one but a few exes ago our first date we went out for drinks went really well he was pretty cheeky so we went back to my place and we were sitting on the couch and I said oh look I'm um, just got to go to the bathroom and be right back. And we'd already like made out and stuff, so it had already gotten a bit sexy. And while I was in the bathroom, he stripped all his clothes off. And when I came back, he was just like lying on the couch, uh-huh, like doing the naked a, man on doing you. a full leg spread with his hands behind his head, like I'm ready now, <laughs> like fully just like everything. Yeah, uh, that's the was, naked man. It was a pretty awesome like yeah. move. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there you go. That that has a name. Yeah. C N F. C- uh,
1: close females naked male so cfnm
0: cfnm yeah
1: wow yeah it's a, it's a good one i recommend for the, the novice uh, listeners
0: it just goes to show like it's really cool discovering like you know when you do something and it's your thing or whatever particularly in the bedroom and then five years later you find out that not only does it is there a name for it but there's a like a porn hub <laughs> yeah. like like channel
1: yeah. i mean it's it, what is it rule 34
0: right yeah. right yeah. yeah, this yeah. is the thing. It's always nice to find terminology for your favorite sexual behavior too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm be... not
1: alone, yay. Right, right.
0: Yeah. So, like, obviously, not only are you super interested in this stuff, you've obviously done a lot of your own experimenting as well.
1: Yeah, I try. And I, how I did dabble. You,
0: you dabble? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably some obscure sexual term as well. I don't know what dabbling is, but it probably means something, right?
1: Uh, uh, no, I, I just mean I, I dabble in, in... Experiencing. (laughs) I'm
0: I'm just, I'm just setting you up. (laughs) So when it came to do your podcast, so you're like, I'm really into this. I'm interested in like human sexuality. Like who did you choose for your first guest? How did it go down? Your first ever?
1: Yeah. So the, the the original, original reason I I started a podcast was uh, like, as I said, like uh, partially different things. It kind of came together. Uh, So first it was the fuck up nights. And then the second was me being a, what I like to call a hobby sociologist um and uh, you refer to it as a
0: anthropologist yeah amateur
1: anthropologist yes exactly yeah also that um and then just having like my own weird experiences i guess and every time i told my friends uh, about you know like this weird date that i had they all said like oh you should write it down
0: oh my god yes
1: but i didn't feel it's something that you write down because it's more of a, like you need like that kind of tonality and the flavor to it the immediacy
0: and your own character and the way you tell the story yeah. like when you're telling your friends exactly. the next day you're like oh my god you won't believe what happens like that yeah. sort of stuff
1: like the medium yeah. for for it was not really a written word so i thought like maybe a podcast would kind of be good and i listened to a couple of podcasts that had like some tinder stories in it, and i was like okay this is actually a really nice way of doing it um but then I didn't feel like me talking like doing like a monologue about my dating life is interesting enough or actually had the dynamic that I was looking for you might
0: be able to sell that on Pornhub if you get into enough detail yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I see what you're getting at (laughs)
1: um so yeah so I literally just decided okay I'm gonna do a podcast and um I the first guest uh Well, not many people know that, I guess. But first case was actually a Tinder date. Uh, First
0: first time Tinder date?
1: No, we we met on Tinder. I told her, hey, I'm starting this uh, podcast thing. We actually hooked up eventually. And then after that we recorded the episode
0: that's awesome so you already yeah. had a connection yeah which makes it easier so if you if yeah. your first guest is a friend or someone you've shagged which would be even better you already have a bit of a rapport
1: yeah and then a lot of the first episodes are people that i either dated or uh, people i know just in general um and then a lot of like friends of friends you know and then from there it started taking off too um i get a lot of uh, guests from tinder and i feel that's kind of the most organic uh way to get people because that's literally when where they have the stories right
0: so you literally go on tinder and go i have a podcast do you yeah. have any cool shit
1: i'm on everything talk about? i'm on tinder i'm on grinder i'm on bumble okay wow so you, cru- you
0: cruise on dating apps for interview subjects yeah, and then you know um, but not to sleep with them but actually no, yeah, just to interview them yeah i mean like it's granted so it's cool. on
1: my regular like i mean on tinder i have i have about three profiles they keep banning me so I keep up to open new ones. Anything um, on
0: Tinder where you're not specifically there mm-hmm. to get laid. Or if you're a sex worker, even if you are there to date. Or
1: transgender as well, yeah.
0: Or oh, do they ban trans people? Because or...
1: uh, all the guys report them.
0: Ah, oh, it's fucked up. Because as soon as you get reported, they'll ban you regardless. Yeah, they oh, don't that's care. Fucked. What, yeah. yeah, we're having a big chat before I press record about how sex workers get banned on Tinder and that it's fucked. It yeah. is fucked because sex workers need to date too. Please, Tinder, can you stop doing that? Because yeah. I would like to date people thanks exactly yeah <laughs> wow that's super cool though and such a like obviously just go straight to the source right
1: yeah find and the people with good stories i get a lot of listeners from them a lot of guests uh, most of my guests i would say come from online dating uh, apps of sorts i mean mainly tinder uh, Bumble, OkCupid, cupid because you know th- it would be a lie to say that there is no appeal that uh, i'm a i'm a dude and i'm doing this and like going straight to the sources and like the hetero females uh, of course it's more appealing to them but i have been trying very hard like to very extreme measures to kind of get more um Straight males and talk. transgenders uh, to come to the podcast. More diverse
0: people, more diverse and like queer people. Uh, yeah. yeah, queer people. Yeah.
1: Uh, lesbians has been also a challenge. A well, lot it's of tricky
0: because, like you said, as a dude, you've got a bit of work to do to sort of convince people that you're safe and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: And also, I've, I've so for example, I, I had a profile strictly like no pictures of mine as as well, just strictly podcast logo hey, I'm sorry, I'm bothering you. I'm just looking for uh, podcast participants and explain a little bit of it on her, which is like a a lesbian dating. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I had like a couple of girls coming up, like they found me on Instagram and they were like, hey, you can't invent our space and, you know, you can't do this. And then, you know, they they reported me, so I got banned. It's easy,
0: like it's easy to feel like you might be being exploited. And I know this because I get a shit ton of fucking... Messages from uni students Mm -hmm. going, oh, I'm going to do a doco about sex work, like, and you know, we'd really be interested in your story, as though I'd be like, wow, um, it's it's so amazing that you're actually listening to me a poor sex worker that everyone yeah. hates thank you so much I just want to do that documentary with you I'll do it for free and I'm like no nah, man I'm fucking busy <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but I think people don't think it through and they're like oh yeah this is going to be great um, I'm going to do this often like expose and it'll be really good for this marginalized population or whatever but they yeah. don't think that maybe so I guess like I that's not I don't think it doesn't sound like that's your angle but it's probably happened to them before which is probably why they're like yeah i mean there, there's
1: it. some threshold i have to pass by uh, i guess with uh, a lot of people in general and
0: with everyone because yeah. sex is a super personal so i imagine yeah. when you meet someone new they're not going to be unless they're a very special type of person they're not going to be immediately bloating out all their sexual secrets
1: exactly yeah. so
0: what's your like How do, how does that process look for you how do you sort of you know get to the point where people are going to
1: open up to you i'm still figuring that out but honestly people tend to tell me a lot of things even when i don't want to (laughs) so (laughs) i have that problem sometimes yeah
0: actually no i lie everyone that's shared things with me like it's cool to know that i'm
1: a trustworthy person Yeah. yeah i would say for me a lot of times like for example ubers uber drivers tell they tell me a lot of things
0: Oh. A lot of things I don't want to know about their sex lives, or about, just generally
1: about their sex lives, about the people they picked up and their sex lives. About, um, I mean, the one today he told me all about this story how he picked up uh, a sex worker from that uh, club around the corner. That mm-hmm. like he picked me up like somewhere and there was a club King around Street, the corner. Street, yeah, yeah. And he just kept. I mean, I didn't understand half of what he said because of the accent. But uh, <laughs> he just kind of rambled on. How, she, how he was, like, so sorry for her that she had to work in this because she didn't like it, but she wanted the money, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's and quite was, a lot of money. Uh, yeah. This
0: is the thing when someone's like, oh, man, sex work, it must be so hard. Yeah. You know, you must be really keen to get out of it. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, man, that $550 an hour is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And
1: I couldn't even reply to anything he said because I really didn't understand the, the total, you know, point of it. Uh, what do you a, do if someone's all up in your face like oh i would i'd
0: you know i'd bang that like the back door or whatever um i just
1: ignore it really like yeah i mean most of the time you're in scenarios that you can't really um or i mean you can you can do whatever you want really but the replication repercussions uh replications of uh actually doing something not worth the effort in so, terms of
0: the the confrontation yeah
1: like, so you just yeah. kind of like ignore it and like hmm. yeah
0: I've gotten super confrontational my old age, like all all the ways. So if someone's having a hard time, even if I don't know them, I'll be like, hey, like, let's talk about that. Sounds like I think you're having a really tough time with dating. But then also, if someone's like, kept calling me in the street, I will literally turn around and go, dude, that's really fucked up. Like, that's really unhelpful. Not attractive. Why did you do that? It's not great. And I've, I've gotten abused a number of times because yeah. I just want I to, I can't shut up anymore in my old age. I just turn around and go, mate, like, come on. Like, really? That's, we don't do that anymore. Why are you doing that? And usually they're quite taken aback because they don't expect you to, Yeah. they expect you to run off. They don't expect you to turn around and go, what? why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's good. I think that's, it's a good practice. It's good, day,
0: but yeah. also like, I might it's get punched effort, yeah. Yeah. one day, Oof, Yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah well you know you can get punchy also in that different scenarios so it's better to have a good cause for it well
0: least. right right I'd rather do it for a good reason I think that's yeah. a good one like when yeah when we see people that could be doing better it's nice to go dude i got some ideas. Maybe you should. And I do that on Tinder too. Like I'll, if oh, someone uh, sends me a, like an inappropriate message or a dick photo, I'll literally go, dude, what, why? Why'd you do that? Like that, that was not a helpful thing to do. And usually they go, I don't know. It just happened. Like, was it the wrong thing? What should I have done? I'm like, why didn't you just speak to me like a normal person?
1: Also kind of, I mean, I don't want to sound like I want to like coach people because it's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to educate people. people. I don't want to coach people. I just want to put things out there and people can kind of like pick up on what they want and what they don't want. So I I really wanted to put it out there and make like a comfortable space for people to talk about. And people do come and tell like very um, vulnerable things to me and to people that listening. So what
0: do you think has been, like what's been... Not, not like what's your craziest story or whatever, but what's been the thing that someone shared with you that you feel the best about in terms of the stories that you've been able to share through your podcast? Like what's something someone told you where you've been like, yeah, I'm really glad. I'm glad you talked to me about that or I'm glad we we're able to tell mm-hmm. that story.
1: Well, I mean, a lot of the times it's things that uh, I think important to talk about and they're not so common. So, for example, I had uh, an episode with uh, a guy, named Mokia, and he talked mm-hmm. about uh, black fetishization mm. and how he feels as a guy uh, being fetishized from him being black. Oh, my God. That's great. Uh, and I, f- I, f- yeah. I feel that's something that's, no nobody talks about, you know... The, it, kind of go orients to talk about not fetishizing uh
0: asians a lot of times yep and that's super common in australia too yeah, yeah. everywhere it's fucking yep. insane
1: i also had that episode by the way uh, oh that's fucking then,
0: great i need to go find that one
1: yeah uh and it was like with a, a gay asian guy and a straight uh asian female um and uh, yeah it was also very insightful but then i felt like the one about you know because as as men a lot of the time we kind of like and also talked this about uh, about this to a bunch of other black men and some of them did say yeah i actually like the, that fact but i still feel that something that uh, happens and we should talk about and it. it's not really okay when women come up to me and say, like, yeah, I only fuck uh, black dicks.
0: So, well, like, when we talk about fetishization, we're talking about, like, oh, I'm only into Asian chicks or, like, black guys are really hot because they have big dicks. But, like, it's, it's not – you're not seeing the person. You're just seeing yeah. your expectation or your fantasy. And, and also that's using, a that's, using, using a using stereotype. Using it, which could yeah. be quite offensive or it could yeah. be complimentary. But, like, even if you're, like, I think all black guys have huge dicks, sounds complimentary, but what you're doing is reducing someone down to – to like some sort of fantasy or stereotype that is all to do with what you want and you're not seeing them as a person yeah so it's still offensive
1: i mean i also get like uh, what you call positive racism uh, for being jewish a lot of times which is um, always surprising
0: as in people go oh you're jewish so i'll be nicer to you
1: no they would be like uh, for example one girl on tinder she said like Oh, you're Jewish, so you must be really good with money. Oh my god, like that. no, that's, still, that's <laughs> like, still a stereotype. Yeah, yeah but up. she meant it as like, oh, like that's the reason why I, I kind of really wanted to match with you, you know, because you Jew and you're probably just really good with money oh. and you're like really smart, probably. But that's just know? a
0: backhand of way of saying you're a greedy Jew or whatever. Like yeah. it's the same, same shit, yeah. different words. And
1: then she said, I look really Jewish. And then I was like, how does a Jew really look like? You know, there's Chinese Jews as well. But
0: also it's a not it, it's a religion, it's not a yeah. ethnic. Exactly. but
1: also you know it kind of goes on that narrative that the Nazis had with their big noses with the characters. that's why it was like it's like actually an offensive thing to say you look really Jewish. Because it goes back to that 1940s narrative of like Jews with big nose and like the big ears. And And being
0: picked out specifically. Exactly. Holy shit, I didn't even know that.
1: And then I told her, uh, you know, there is no such thing as looking Jewish. You you could be Jewish if you just convert. Convert to Judaism. And she's like, me? I can never look Jewish. What are you talking She's super angry about it. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, my
0: God. Red flag.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a red flag. Eventually, he told me I'm too sensitive because I told her she's racist.
0: That's the final nail in the coffin of someone that's (laughs) being a fucking asshole. Yeah. Oh, you're too sensitive. Yeah. (laughs) I get this. So I do get this with sex work, like guys that are like... um. Oh man, must that'd be? It must be so hot. I'd love to fuck a sex worker. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. They're just people. Like, do you think I'm gonna roll out the red fucking carpet for you? Are you paying? No, you're uh. not. <laughs> I think you're gonna be doing all the work. Like, you know, like we're just people. It's not like you're gonna get some sort of amazing like lingerie and candlelight sort of treatment just because you had sex with a sex worker. Or like we're yeah. some sort of fucking um, like porn stars that can do crazy shit hanging off the ceiling.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, people assume. Maybe on you know, a good but, day. Yeah, well, for, <laughs> well, any one of us really. You know, <laughs> know. I mean, you you probably have the acrobatics, but yeah. but, <laughs>
0: but it's the assumption, yeah. right? So it's a yeah. really good point to make.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I I do think that people just need to look as people as on the same playing field as in don't assume things. And don't expect things that you haven't communicated, you know, like just communicate about it. And it's okay. I'm a big advocate of asking questions. And I'm a big advocate of like, you know, being curious about things that you don't know. Being Um, curious about people is
0: a really good way to approach a date rather than expecting or hoping or pressuring just to be curious about who they actually are. Like that's a great place to start.
1: Yeah, I feel the same.
0: Yeah. I guess my final question is what, what do you feel like has been the biggest... Or the best learning from doing the podcast? Like, what have you taken away from that? Has it changed you? And You know, what have you gotten out of that the most?
1: I would say for me, it was very self-reflectory. Is that that the word? Self-reflective? Yeah, self-reflective. Refractory? Yeah, (laughs) reflective. That's something else. Reflective. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, it's been very self-reflective for me to, A, talk about people I was on dates with, and how they, yeah and then like you know i had this one episode with this uh girl i had this awkward date with uh and a year afterward i asked her to do the podcast oh my god that's fucking Uh, awesome was it an awkward podcast no it was one of the best ones really like it was like everybody said like hey this like top three there out there yeah and did you really talk about out. it like the, yeah the fact we talked that about the all the all the date details we talked about because one of the main things there was like uh the way we kiss very different and we talked about this whole thing and we had a whole debate about how to kiss and what does she do what i do and why i did this and that and you, you know, really deconstructed like, really, it yeah and yeah and she told some other stories that she had and um that was really it was really good because you confronted you know, she ghosted me a little bit after that uh, date, mm-hmm. and then we talked. Uh, she apologized and everything. She, she's a, she's a nice uh, she's a nice person, but um, it really helped me confront the whole horrible aspects of online dating for me and the
0: ghosting and the, disappearing. the ghosting, the blocking,
1: the, the stu- getting stood up, right? the rejections, yeah. all those things, and it really kind of made me understand how to handle it uh, to myself. And how to kind of construct my, uh, I would say, like strategy or just the way I go about online dating. And dating in general, you know, like my expectations, how to manage it. Everybody experiences those things. And it's not you that's fucked up. It's actually just a collective experience we're all fucked up we're all just fucked up and fucked up things happen and human things happen
0: but because we so, don't talk about them mostly we just assume they're only happening to us exactly but then once we do start talking about them we realize that actually we're all just kind of hopeless and that maybe yeah. that's okay yeah and yeah. then
1: you know from there you can kind of build up on what's a better way to communicate about things what a better way to kind of have the red flags you know the, you know detecting those do things. better next time by yeah. saying the bad yeah. stuff yeah yeah uh, so cool. i kind of learned a lot from that about my experiences and how to kind of move forward in a better way i think that's uh, the main learning for me
0: um like it's super useful and like definitely a couple of things i've learned tonight so thank you so much for, for sharing
1: yeah yeah thank you for having me
0: oh fantastic next time you visit australia straight back on all right And then you can <laughs> tell me about all the adventures you've had since then
1: yeah <laughs> all right or in berlin
0: or in Berlin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. One day I will make it there Yeah. Um, and I'll bring all my leather. It's going right. to be great. So before we finish up, can you just remind everyone like where people can find you, both the podcast and your um, tech project as well?
1: Sure. Uh, yeah. So for the Sextech uh, uh, startup, you can go to pop.co. Um, that's pop and dot. And um, yeah, for the um podcast you can go to unmatch me now uh which is unmatchmenow.com or swipe left dot me. Uh, awesome <laughs> yeah that's
0: a very um sexy photo of you licking guitar yeah <laughs> i've done my research and also yeah. we did just record a pod- podcast together so please go and check out it on stuff um, it would be really cool um for you to check out our episode too because we covered some interesting stuff in that one as mm-hmm. well yeah. yeah great thanks so much you're welcome thanks for listening I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. As with all my encounters, I love hearing feedback. You can find me online at artofthehookup.com, and that's also the place to go to learn more about my book project. Please share this podcast with anyone that you think would benefit from hearing this stuff. Spread the word as well as the love, and let's make the world of hookups a better place.